Welcome to Dear Live, a podcast that seeks to inspire global voices of change, teach you how to live with intention, and expand on the eight dimensions of wellness. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider. Every week, I'm going to drive conversations from self-development to generational social change, even to financial wellness. I am here to share my stories and reflections alongside therapists, psychologists, coaches, and wellness experts to help you create a healthier you today so we build a healthier world tomorrow. Open up to possibility for yourself, society, and the world. And think of me as the best friend you didn't know you needed with the comfy couch and the brainy stats. Let's get started. Before we introduce our guest for today, I have a gift for you. I created this course, it's a mini course called Money Metrics just for our podcast listeners. And it is all about debt, how to get out of it, use credit constructively, and grow your net worth. Not only do we talk about spending, saving, and everything in between, but I've created the downloads you need to put your money to use, to grow it, to protect it, and make sure that you are set up in the future. Sign up through the link in the show notes. The code is LIVEPOD. So today I'm going to introduce you to Faith Ashenden. She is the CEO of That Healing Feeling. She is a master mindset coach. I also found her on TikTok. I find so many amazing people there, but she is incredible. She has helped women from all over the world become their own healers through nervous system regulation. That Healing Feeling was born out of her own experience, being diagnosed with Graves' disease in college and having taken so many emergency room trips, she eventually had to take a year off of school. She believes that the infrastructure to heal is hardwired into our DNA and her signature programs help people access what they already have. Five years after diagnosis, she found functional medicine. She spent an entire year nourishing, detoxing, and replenishing. And this is when she learned that chronic illness is a result of nervous system dysregulation. She uses brain training to address any significant and remaining symptoms, and she healed everything. And she hasn't had a flare since. Since then, she became a certified master NLP practitioner, certified hypnotherapist, and trauma-informed coach to teach others to do the same. She's the founder of the Health Transformation Accelerator, a fight or flight fix, the creator and trainer behind the Self-Healing Sanctuary membership, as well as the instructor of her signature Healing Chronic Illness, the Foundations program. She's host of that Healing Feeling podcast, and you can also follow her on the socials. Welcome, Faith, to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Dear Live. My name is Jeanette Schneider, your host, and I'm excited to have with me today Faith Ashenden from TikTok. I love your TikTok, that healing feeling. I've learned so much about you, and I wanted to have you on. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thank you so much. That's so kind. Yeah. Um, Well, my name is Faith. I'm a brain training coach, which most people haven't heard of, and I think it's because the understanding and study of neuroplasticity, um, meaning that the brain can change at any age, which is this really amazing new research that we have now is so new and up and coming. Um, And so I think there aren't a lot of people out there doing brain training, but essentially, you know, we work through exercising our brain to heal our bodies. So I work with people with chronic illness and I share about it on social media. I share on TikTok, Instagram, on my podcast. I'm just kind of talking about it everywhere and anywhere I can um, to reach people who haven't heard about it. Um, Yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. I love it. I actually found your stuff and I sent it over to our team and said I really would like to get her on because I think um, so many people deal with health issues and they go through these, I mean, I have I have shelves of books on different diets that I can try and the foods that I need to avoid and the things that I need to do and how to manage my stress. But the idea that we can almost kind of like hack our system by training our brain is fascinating. But you came across this 
because of your own personal story um, with chronic illness. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened, what the journey was, and what finally got you to this place where you're like, okay, I'm going to heal myself? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with Graves' disease, which is a thyroid autoimmune condition in 2012. Um, and so that was when I was in university and early years, which is typically when like autoimmune flares, um, especially for women. And after that, I just started kind of collecting one thing after the other. And that tends to be the case um, with people that I see in the chronic illness community. It's like first there is like a cascade effect or sort of a domino effect. If you visualize one domino falling and that might be a more like overarching diagnosis. And then afterwards we start to develop these like um, food intolerances or like niggling and um, different types of chronic pain um, or random symptoms like chronic infections um, and then alongside that we see things like anxiety depression um, insomnia you name it and so i was kind of in that exact same boat where i was collecting one thing after the other um, mm -hmm. on top of the graves disease and it never really like fully i never really got back to homeostasis i never got better but i was able to keep the symptoms at bay throughout the next sort of um five to six years. Um, and so I used a lot of different prescription medications and then like a lot of um, like coffee in the morning, wine at night, whatever it was to kind oh. of just like self-medicate and also medication through practitioners and stuff like that. And then I flared again in 2018, like really, really bad to the point where I couldn't medicate my way through it. Like I was bedridden, I had to leave my job. Um, and it was, you know, going in and out of the hospital. So it was, it was, it had taken everything from me. So I didn't anymore have the choice to um, kind of passively medicate through and just sort of like push through the pain, if you will, and just survive a sort of subpar existence. Um, and I had all this time on my hands because I wasn't working and doctors were kind of just saying to me, you know, like, this is just your life now, just like, mm -hmm. you know, avoid the things that you can't do, like avoid the, th the foods you can't eat, avoid the activities you can't do and sort of get used to being this way. This is what happens when you have a chronic illness and like there are, you know, anxiety medications you can take and things to help kind of like numb the now emotional burden of what you're going through. Um, and at this point, even though, and this always kind of blows my mind, like, I would say from an educational standpoint, I'm educated. I come from a family that's educated that always ate quote unquote healthy food, you know, like whole foods, um, organic food, whatever. And even still, I'd never questioned, um, you know, the impact that my food, my thinking, my stress levels were having. I thought that what was happening in my body was out of my control and it was my destiny. And this is just the diagnosis, the doctors know best and this is my life now. So I started listening to podcasts, which propelled me into the functional medicine integrative space um, where people were reversing things like cancer and autoimmune with lifestyle changes and detoxes and all of that. So I went through that, if you will, quote unquote, um, alternative, which it's not really because it's definitely ancient wisdom, but alternative path and found a lot of healing. Um, I found root causes to almost every symptom and every diagnosis. I did about a year and a half of intense detoxing in every sense of the word. Um, and I found that I was significantly better and like, sharing about this now on social media is when I started sharing about functional medicine, hey, you can heal your body by finding the root cause. But really, I was still triggered by certain foods. I was triggered by certain conversations. 
I wasn't a hundred percent. Like I wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. I was just significantly better than what I was before, which was still huge given I'd spent most of my adult life sick. Um, so I sort of was just like, okay, I guess this is just as good as it gets. You know, this is, this is so great. I don't want to be ungrateful. And then I learned about, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and neuroplasticity and how you can actually, you know, how your brain actually controls the, the physical sensations we feel in the body and how if we can change our brain, we can change the way we experience those physical sensations. Mm -hmm. And so the narrative inside impacts the way our cells physiologically behave. Um, so I practiced this with my dairy intolerance. Um, it was not an allergy, it was an intolerance, meaning I wasn't always intolerant to dairy. It was something I had developed with the sensitivities and the diagnosis and all of that. Um, and within a couple of days, I was eating dairy without any flares, um, just by sort of changing this narrative that this is my destiny, this is who I am now, this is always going to cause inflammation, um, and educating myself on the benefits of raw, whole dairy from healthy cows and whatever. Now, I'm not on here to talk about nutrition. I never do anymore um, because I, I don't believe in villainizing anything. Sure. But I think it's just interesting objectively taking a lens of, wow, okay, this worked for me. Um, there were no implications. How else can this work? So within three months, I healed myself. The rest of the symptoms, everything was gone using nervous system regulation and brain training, um, which are really one and the same. So yeah, I just went into studying that and um, wrote programs and have been working with the chronic illness population um, on using this and becoming an, their own self healer in a really basic way that sounds a lot more complex than it actually is. What's really interesting to me is that like I've been working with a couple of uh, therapists and neuroscientists and having them on the show or having them contribute to the app and it's kind of interesting because we go through these terrible rabbit holes and we try to consume all this information and it seems that whenever you start working on kind of the neuroplasticity and neurobiology it's actually a lot simpler than you realize like the it's just a matter of the education around it like you just need to be educated and then the practice actually isn't incredibly difficult um do you find that to be the case do you find that people like i know that you have a membership i know that you coach people do you find that they catch on pretty quickly it's and i say this to my clients it's all about two things one your belief so if you don't believe that something is going to work for you it won't period because mm -hmm. The, the brain is a powerful tool, right? It's a computer essentially. And you're writing the code with every thought that you have. So if you don't believe something, your brain will not let it be so. I mean, think about it. You go on Facebook and you're connected with your great aunt Sally's best friend. She's writing nonsense on her political views, on her status. It's not even true, but that's what she believes. And that mm -hmm. is the center of her world. And that same goes for health. It's why we can all live in the same world and have these polarizing opinions and you think, what are you talking about? It's so obvious. It's right here. Yet, like this person very much lives their life believing something that's the opposite, even though you can clearly see black and white that it's something else. And the same exact thing goes for your health. Your cells are listening to your thoughts. Your thoughts manifest in chemical messengers. So if you do not believe that something is possible for you, it is impossible. So that is the one thing that is the most difficult part about brain training because people want the power to lie in someone else's hand. They want it to be in a treatment. They want it to be in a pharmaceutical. They want it to be outside of them. So mm -hmm. they don't have to do the most difficult work, which is challenging and dismantling those limiting beliefs. 
and stepping into a reality that is scary and unknown and just kind of going full throttle into like, okay, I'm going to hundred percent believe in that this is going to work for me. So that, and then the other thing is consistency. And so it's not that it's difficult. It's extremely simple to train your brain in the sense that the exercises anyone can do, a child can do. Um, mm -hmm. But can you one continue when the going gets rough to believe that it's going to work and to not send messages to your body of fear and doubt, which ultimately send your nervous system in overdrive and two, are you going to be consistent regardless of how you feel? Um, it's, and that's why I say it's like taking your brain to the gym, right? Like you can go and have an amazing workout with an amazing trainer. And you're like, where's my six pack? What are they gonna say? <laughs> right. They're going to be like, you have to be consistent. You have to come in, you know, X amount of times and do X. Of, and it's not the same exercise every time you're pushing and stretching and changing. And like, that's the same thing. And so the only way it doesn't work is if those two things aren't present when someone's working through it. You have, I know that you have a membership and you also have an accelerator. Do you, tell me a little bit about the accelerator. I love that word. I, I, do people come to you? I'm like, accelerate my healing. Uh, yes. Um, do people come to you typically with like a, an illness or an issue? And then is there like a period of time that you work with them? And then by the end, like, tell me a little bit about like some success stories or, or who you've been able to help and, and how the program has worked for them. So the accelerator is six weeks for a very specific reason. It takes four weeks of daily practice to structurally change the brain. Mm -hmm. So in the accelerator, there's a lot of accountability because that is a live coaching program with myself that has a thousand touch points in the, you know, in the form of like a portal and homework and Slack and live coaching. So I'm really there to pick people up and say, Hey, today I didn't hear from you, you know, something like that. So in that container, the first four weeks we see the structural change and that looks like by week four, um, the goals that they came in with start to really come to, to fruition. So they're like, oh my gosh, today I woke up and um, like I actually had energy and I ate my breakfast and I felt fantastic. They weren't having any of the uh, sensitivities to the food. Um, they didn't have to nap that day, whatever it is that they're, the symptoms that are holding them back in their chronic illness. Um, by week five, the nervous system starts to regulate. So they feel a more intense sense of fatigue, which happens when you come out of fight or flight. Um, and so that's a really good sign because it means you're going into a deep healing. Um, that's, you know, true rest. That's what fatigue means. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's, a difference. there's a difference. So fatigue, fatigue, like an overarching cloud of, you know, exhaustion is not right. the same as, you know, like a deep restful sleep where you wake up refreshed and in that deep sleep, that's where real true healing happens. That's the ultimate parasympathetic. By week six, they've reached both the goals that they came in with. Um, so they come in with two goals regarding their chronic symptoms and um, their nervous system has a really good foundation of regulation, meaning they are no longer triggered. So if they're faced with a situation that used to set off their symptoms, they no longer have this symptom in response to it because the nervous system is now back into parasympathetic. Um, and it's pretty amazing. I mean, we have all sorts of stuff. We have uh, tons of people healing intolerances. That's the most popular one, like gluten mm -hmm. and dairy. Um, we have someone who recently 
stopped having asthma attacks. She's been hospitalized in and out since she was seven. She dropped the prednisone. She hasn't taken it since the program. Um, we've had people healing chronic fatigue, meaning they're no longer napping or sleeping longer than eight hours a day or feeling fatigued. Um, interstitial cystitis, no, no longer having flares anymore, no longer having the physical sensations of pain. People, I've had a client who's bedridden um, and she's now able to stand, walk around like, it's and you know her goal is like her goal is like to sit up for four minutes because like that for like wow. the past eight years was it possible so we have things all across the board to stopping anxiety medication without having any physiological side effects i mean and it, and it constantly blows my mind i said to my husband last night i was like you know sometimes i'm even like mm, is it gonna work like, i think so and it does like it, but to the degree that like i know it will work but i never realize like how effective it's going to be in such a short amount of time when the symptoms are always debilitating every client is pretty much bedridden or out of work or just like this is my last resort type thing yeah. and by the end of it you know it's just like you would never even know they were sick and um, i think what's amazing is this is all so new and we are pushing the boundary of our understanding of what we can do with the brain every single time we pull a cohort through the accelerator program because we don't have a lot of literature so you know this these people dropping prednisone um, or walking from being bedridden like there's not a lot of that written in the literature and it's amazing to be a part of like hey look what we're discovering about what the human body can do absolutely and i i, I think we've only just and i was talking to uh, dr kate truett she's on um i interviewed her yesterday she's a, a neuroscientist and we were talking about how like in the 80s and 90s, it, like we didn't talk about this stuff. Self-development kind of started, but back then it was like, you're crazy, no one, you know, like whatever. And then it was, you know, let's start understanding and healing. And there was this great understanding of story. And then now we're starting to understand neuroscience and what our brain is capable of doing so that maybe we don't have to spend so much time. Like I think therapy is absolutely beautiful when there are emotional or traumatic experiences. But then like, could we short wire some of our experience and then the idea that you can heal your body and immune system and inflammation and 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 inflammatory diseases is just incredible to me um by using this incredible thing between our ears that we're just learning more about like every day i just i find it fascinating i'm like i can't wait to see what happens in the future as we continue to like go down this path um, I'm curious, and, and this is something that I'm seeing a thread like through some of my conversations. What do you think about and do you utilize any type of um, meditation, tapping, or journaling? So, yes. Journaling, I mean, in the loosest sense. So everything in my programs is really especially my accelerator my membership is different because i have a membership that has like bite-sized brain training exercises which has um journaling prompts in there so it kind of just depends like i think whatever works best for the individual when it comes to something like that because everyone's brain is different so how we learn how we process and how we internalize sometimes people like to write on their notes app there's um an app called self pause where you can record yourself and then put like music behind it and some people like to you know do that yeah. or write down in a journal or put on sticky notes like it's kind of um however you flow and wherever you want that information to live meditation is great the issue with meditation is um 
you have to be at a certain level to even be able to be regulated enough to meditate. Yeah. And typically people who've been chronically ill for a long time, they're like, I know that obviously there is so much literature that shows that meditation, I mean, I love it. It's amazing. Um, it's undeniable. But then if you are so dysregulated and so stuck in fight or flight, you're like, this sucks. I'm just sitting here like experiencing <laughs> my anxiety, you know? Yeah. So yes and no, I have meditations in my um, membership and anyone in my accelerator has access to that but typically they don't even go into that until they're done with the accelerator program to where they're at a place where they feel like they can even sit with themselves and those thoughts and all of that that tend to pop up um and then what was the other thing you said meditation journaling oh tapping tapping yeah i just added a tapping section to um my membership it's it's um I like it. I think it's good. I think it's one of those things that's a good accompaniment to the actual subconscious programming. Like I, this is just my personal opinion. Like I wouldn't say that tapping alone would be like enough to relieve permanently these chronic symptoms, but I think anything that's going to help regulate while you're working on reprogramming the subconscious is going to be beneficial. So whether that's like a manual chiropractic nervous system focus adjustment, whether that's emotional freedom technique in any capacity, you know what I mean? Or like yoga or, um, breath work, whatever it is that works. There's so many modalities we could bring in to support that and accelerate that process. I love that. If someone's listening today and they're dealing with these issues and they were like, what what kind of like beginning steps would you tell them to take to start training their brain? Like if they were like, hey, what are like three things that I can start doing that are going to help me on my path? What would you recommend? I think the first thing is really simple and it's it's kind of like twofold. One, it's like a boundary setting. So just understanding that everything you're taking in, like consuming, not food, but information is programming your brain. And it's actually mm -hmm. changing your brain with every thought and every consumption, it's changing your brain. And so to be really aware in the same way that people who have chronic illness tend to be aware of what they're eating or even consuming from a product standpoint, um, those just don't even pale in insignificance compared to the information that you're consuming. Mm -hmm. So the most, at a most basic level to really do an audit of whether it's like social media or conversations you're having um, or what you're watching on TV, where does this sit with my nervous system? Meaning, is this putting me in a place where I feel at ease and peaceful or is the energy chaotic, right? Um, and is it in alignment with what I want for my healing? So if it's something perpetuating the notion that you're going to be sick forever, if it's a Reddit board that's woe is me, this is, you know, this is the pit, yeah. that's not in alignment with healing. So having a real honest conversation of like, hey, the consumption here is not serving me and cutting that off and then bringing in consumption that is going to serve you in the same way that you would bring in supplementation or organic whole foods, um, fruits, vegetables, or, you know, whatever your diet is. Um, think about that information consumption so and just know that in everything you consume you are actually training and changing and so you can do that consciously and with intention throughout your entire day and that's going to affect your belief systems which you know we talked about is the most important part because whatever you fill your mind with you're going to start to believe that's just like human nature so if you want to fill your mind um you know i say to my clients the more obsessed you are with healing the faster it's going to happen mm -hmm. if you are literally eating breathing and sleeping healing in the sense that you're reading the books you're listening to the podcast you've got the frequencies playing on your phone and you know you're talking about it all the time you're making notes when the thoughts come through like you're going to heal faster yeah. If you're dipping your feet in the water, it's going to take you a year. 
You know what I mean? And so the more you consume, the faster it's going to happen. The second thing I would say um, is just getting used to your breath. So breath is the fastest way to transition from fight or flight to rest and digest. And these are the two um, neurosystem states that we focus on. And for anyone who doesn't know, you you really can't heal in fight or flight, which is that stress response, the survival response where you have um, perhaps your heart rate is increasing, you're getting a bit sweaty, you're feeling anxious. So we want to deviate away from that into rest and digest, which is when you're feeling really calm, your breath moves down into your diaphragm, into your stomach. Um, and in rest and digest is where you can heal. So the ultimate goal of everything is to downregulate into that, into rest and digest. So you are going to find healing and the pain will turn off. So breath is the best way to transition in, from fight or flight into rest and digest. So just being conscious of your breath um, throughout the day, you can put your hand on your heart. If your breath is up high and up in your chest, you're likely in fight or flight. So just by touching your stomach and breathing into your diaphragm, breathing deeply, you're stimulating that vagus nerve, which manually just gets you into rest and digest. It's kind of like a tricking of the body. Um, And so if you can focus deeply on that, even without the brain training tools, it's going to train your body to get into that state more often. Um, And everything is just like, it's just like flexing a muscle. If you're doing it more often and you get used to it more often, um, it will become your default. Um, So these are again, things for people who aren't actually like in the workshops and doing the exercises, like things that ultimately we we wanna do. Um, I would say those are like the biggest things, the boundary setting um, and then including more information that you know is in alignment with what you want for your life and then um, focusing on the breathing and then you can bring in really simple techniques of actual like i said brain training um but i think without that foundation there's no point in doing the brain training um as in like you know if you're still consuming the woe is me reddit content and hiring the doctor who's like your life is crap have fun <laughs> the rest of your life like it's never going to work for you right. so you have to have a solid foundation there um, I am fascinated, and I heard you say something about frequencies. I am fascinated by binaural beats and frequencies. What do you think about them? Yeah, I think I try to – the problem is I always lose my headphones. But I try to use the binaural beats as much as possible and the frequencies as well, like just if I'm like journaling in the morning and when I'm reading. Um, I – actually, so funny that you say that because I have this book right here. What – it's the frequency – of so 440 is the frequency that like our tvs and music and all of that uses and i learned the other day this is just like really coincidence that you asked me this because i have my book like right here i learned the other day um that 440 hertz was created by a Nazi propaganda minister and utilize it to make people feel a specific way and imprison them within a particular state of mind. The US introduced this in 1940. It was adopted in 1953. And the frequency of the universe is 432. So keeping your nervous system in a calm place at 432 is like ideal. But if you think about the media, if the radio and TV and all of that is all, yeah. It's all chaotic. It's all it's like chaotic. super high. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's really interesting. Um, and I try to just on Spotify, nothing like I don't I have, like I didn't purchase anything or whatever, different, to listen to different frequencies. Um, I like 528. 
um, for healing 174. But then, you know, like you just, you can look into, again, and this is all about being intentional with your consumption. So like you said, you can, and you can dive into it so much. Like once your eyes are open, you start to think, Jesus, there's so much <laughs> that I'm consuming that's impacting my my overall health and well-being. But um, it's interesting. And then this is why I'm a huge proponent of educating yourself. I have a book club um, within my offering, which is like, hey, let's be like constantly educating ourselves on everything we consume from an information. I'm only information focused. I don't focus on nutrition or anything like I do personally, but I don't teach it um, from what we're consuming, you know, through the, 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 the senses of what we're seeing and what we're hearing um, just because there are so many implications and so much we don't think about. Yeah. No, it's so interesting to me because I've been playing with um, like frequencies and binaural beats for a while. So I do the 174 hertz for healing pain because I have back pain. Um, we actually right now are in the studio creating binaural beats with a guy from Berkeley School of Music um, because we want to have that as an offering um, for theta state meditations, for delta state sleep, and, and you know, doing some... I just think that they're so helpful. Like there's a couple of them that I'll listen to and I immediately fall asleep. Um, so like I know that they're doing something, right? And I'm like, one of the things that, you know, someone told me, they're like, oh, but what if it's just all pseudoscience? I'm like, if it makes me feel better and if my if my body is healing, if I rest because of it, then what's the harm in in me taking a placebo through my ear, like my headphones, you know what I mean? Like I'm fine with it. Um, but I just, I find it also incredibly fascinating. I'm curious um, from your perspective, like how do we, you know, I, I always think of like generationally how we pass down trauma, how we pass down stories, how we pass down, you know, issues and, and what have you. And I feel like this period of time, we're learning so much about the brain. How do you pass this along in an easy, digestible way to our kids? Like, do you have or have you practiced or thought of conversations that you're going to have with your own children to help them kind of have these very aware kind of like brain training activities? Like, what would you do as a mom? It's such a good question. And I think about it often, especially like, you know, sending... I'm not homeschooling. I would like to, but it's just not for me. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I get it. it. <laughs> like, I get it. It's like the dream, but right. for me personally, just because I want to have control over not almost not what my child is thought and taught almost more like how he's taught how to think, mm -hmm. because that is the muscle that we're flexing. It's this independent thought that we are so conditioned to think so linearly and the ultimate thing, the ultimate flex, if you will, that I'm teaching people is to think laterally. It's like, but what if, what if you've been told isn't the case? Like, I'm not even asking you to like go full throttle. I'm just like asking you to question it. Like just start mm -hmm. with like, what if? And it's hard when you've been conditioned and like we are conditioned so freaking easily, which is why brain training works so well. Um, you can unlearn and learn just like this, you know? So, so um yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's more about the kinds of questions I'm asking. Well, right now I have babies, so I guess I'm not really yet, but asking um, the, you know, how to critically think about things versus as much of information and then teaching a lot of regulation. Like already, I'm very, very conscious of teaching my baby how to regulate mm -hmm. when he's getting worked up. I'm a big fan of like, you know, I'm always like the skin to skin and the breathing and the swaying and 
in uh, tune with how the breath should be if he's feeling dysregulated. But I'm huge on like that kind of touch if I feel like he's getting dysregulated. And always the first thing I say is like, breathe and then I show him how to breathe and then I hold him and he's really quite good I mean he's probably one of the most like calm um children from that standpoint and I feel like it's the intention behind that but I think as he gets older and then this new one comes and she gets older and I can communicate it's more just you know when there is any type of conversation the kinds of questions that are encouraging independent thought because Mm -hmm. ultimately they're going to move on to discover things and talk about things and learn things that we would never even imagine. You know, they're like already so smart at five and you're like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, um, yeah. And so it's about how can I teach you to be an independent thinker and someone who, um, you know, goes for what makes you happy and what is part of your purpose? Because ultimately like happiness in itself is living in alignment with your purpose. And so how can I teach you to do that and to ask those questions and to like think in a different way than I feel like school's doing a better job but i it's not in complete alignment with what i would would like um and that's hard for me and i like don't know the answer and i'm always like kind of preparing for that um and it's the same with as well like how you treat people i think my focus with um my youngest is you know just always how would you want to be treated i think living in kindness is the most intelligent thing that you can do as a human being and when you're vibrating at that level meaning you're sending love always everywhere, then the universe conspires in your favor backwards. You're always attracting that energy and you're attracting good to you. And you really feel that at a young age because they're intelligent and they they can feel these energies that we can feel. And so that's always been a priority from day one versus so much of, you know, I grew up in a very cult-like religious whole other story. Me too. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. Into, yeah. And it's propelled me into thinking this way and questioning things. And I think for my babies, it's, hey, like, it's never about that role. And it's always about treat others as you want to be treated. And, what, and then that forces you to think like, okay, I'm putting myself in someone else's shoes. I have to problem solve on my own. It's not a rule book. It's lateral thinking. Um, and it's also attracting that energy and that vibration. And so those have always kind of been my things and what that's going to look like. I'm not sure because it's not easy. Um, yeah. But ultimately at the end of the day, you know, your kids are watching you. It's not what you say, it's what you do. So being so conscious that, yeah. of that, you know, is huge. Yeah, I was going to, like, I was I was like nodding along and I, and part of it, because I think I try so hard to be a conscious parent because of my, my history. I grew up in a high control religion, um, struggled, yeah, we have that in common, um, struggled with, you know, if my mother had mental and addiction issues, mental health and addiction issues. And so I have to be a very conscious parent. And so one of the things that's been important for me is giving my daughter authority over her own thoughts and her own body and not throwing anything at her. And so I sometimes, I think I'm so intentional and so thoughtful and so conscientious about everything I say. And then I realize a lot of the things that she picks up are the things where she sees me doing something or talking to someone or working somewhere. And then she makes some type of comment. And I realize it's my example that she's most kind of leaning into. Um, But one of the things, I love the idea of the lateral thinking because that's the thing for me. Like with her, I've always been like, hey, here's the deal. I believe something, this person believes something, that person believes something. I'm not going to tell you that what I believe is 100% true. I want you to decide if it's true in your heart or your tummy, wherever you feel it. So someone says this to you, I don't care if it's a teacher, I don't care if it's a minister, I don't care who it is. They may not be correct. That doesn't mean that you disrespect them or their thoughts 
but you can 100% disagree. And I, I carry that back to the audience that's listening. This is still true for us. And for some reason, we have been programmed, I mean, for many reasons, you know, consumption, whatever. We tend to kind of like believe what's out there. And one of the things I would challenge the audience to do is kind of say, is this actually true? Your question, what if? What if it's not true? What if I only have a little bit of the information? I get so overwhelmed by all of the content that I see about like, don't eat eggs, do eat eggs. They're great for protein. They're terrible for your stomach. Vaccines are made in them. But then if you eat the eggs, they could be unpasteurized. But those are baby chickens and you should be vegans and your heart chakra is closed if you're eating chickens. I'm just like, I can't. It's too much. So like I've gotten to the point to where I'm just like, what feels good for me? And, and it becomes overwhelming. And I do feel for people, like when you're talking about your experience going through the healthcare system, you get all of this information and to end it with like, this is your life now. I'm so glad that you are like, no, like I, I do not accept, I don't take that for, please look where you are now and all of the people that you're helping. And sometimes I do think that we have to go through those things to kind of like wake up a little bit and be like, um, no, I don't choose this life. This is not, this is not what it's going to be for me. 100%. You, and this is the thing, like, in order to wake up, you're going through a process of evolution, you're evolving, and evolving is uncomfortable. And yeah. so I think that you're just going to have to accept if you want to evolve, it's going to come in the form of something that feels like a trauma, unfortunately, whether it's a chronic illness or some huge catalyst in your life that looks a little bit like something else. Um, but you're not going to move. You're not going to do something different if you stay comfortable. So mm -hmm. if those things don't happen, you're not questioning anything. Why would you? You're waking up every day, you go to work, you see the same person, you drink the same coffee. It's fine. It's not like thrilling but it works so why would you change right. but then something knocks you off your feet and you're like oh my god and you're forced to change and that's it you know what i've learned in neurolinguistic programming is only four percent of the population four is willing to go you know what i'm going to take life by the reins i'm going to question things and i'm going to take that quantum leap um because you're wow. jumping into the unknown and if you think about you know evolution only the strong survive right think about it those who evolved it wasn't everyone. It was very few um, in nature and life that had to, that forced themselves to evolve and survive. And those who didn't, they their, their ancestors are no longer here, right? It's a different breed now. And I think this is how we have to look at chronic illness. It is a quantum, it's an opportunity, like a really amazing, easy, in a sense, opportunity because it's given to you to quantum leap into your purpose, into your happiness to evolve. But evolution is uncomfortable and you have to you have to accept that. You have to stop fighting it. You have to stop saying like, oh, what was me? Like that what was me attitude means you're never gonna evolve. You're, you're just, your eyes aren't open. But once they open, and it's a huge thing I say for Accelerator, like this is you taking quantum leap more than anything. Yeah. Like what's changing is like, you're starting, you're just waking up. Like you're utilizing the infrastructure that's always been you but you're aware of it now. So it's yeah. not like anything new has happened. You're just utilizing the power that you already are, but you were asleep to it before. And now you're one of very few who's willing to do the work. Um, and so I think chronic illness is such a blessing um, because we can bounce back, we can heal. That's fine in this physical dimension, but you now get to be happy. You now get to do what you love. You were forced out of this life that wasn't very fulfilling. And everyone I work with now, oh my God, the things that they've gone on to do and like the, the impact they're making now that they were forced to leave these corporate jobs or whatever that they didn't really love, you know, and now they're living in alignment with their purpose, but they had to go through this to wake up to it. 
And it's like everyone I talk to, like when you say, oh, I was raised in this environment, it doesn't surprise me. Everyone who's doing what they love, like they had some sort of catalyst, you know, that threw right. them into waking up to, I don't want to just do the same crap every single day. Like I want to do what sets my soul on fire. And like, that is so lucky because most people don't get to do that. 100%. It's so funny before you said that, I was like, you're like a catalyst. Like you help. So yeah, there's, there's. I don't know. I think it's I think it's amazing and I'm so happy that you came on and shared your your knowledge and your insight with us. Is there anything else that I've missed? Are there any like anything that someone should do any last piece of advice that you would from your heart to our listeners? You're like, "Hey, I want to lay this on you." Is there anything that you want to share? Um, I just think the most important thing in general and what sets people apart from people who heal and people who don't is that people who heal believe that healing is possible like deep down inside and people who don't if you're wondering why is it not working i would step into the radical responsibility of do i actually realistically believe this is going to work for me when we do this work in the accelerator this is in week one every single person doesn't fully believe it's going to you know they do at the end and it has changed and it's been dismantled and it's not because oh you you doubt yourself how could you do that it's human nature like that is how we are literally designed to be. Like if something is proving time and time again to not work, we are programmed to believe it doesn't work and that's for our survival. So I think like just stepping into that and really challenging yourself, like what do I believe about my ability to heal? And like, if you can just do that and really work on that core belief and step into a different belief, like you will open your eyes and watch your life change just by getting in alignment with again, like what you desire. Healing is what you desire and you don't believe it, then you're very disjointed. You're not in alignment. If healing is your desire and you start to believe it, you can watch the universe start to hand you these opportunities, whether it be through brain training program, whether it be through another modality, there's not one way to get there. Um, It's not about the modality. It's about learning how to utilize what's inside of you so you can learn in different ways. Um, And that's why people have all sorts of amazing stories. Um, But the first thing you have to do as an individual is take that step. And so I think just having a lot of reflection and whatever that looks like for you um, and challenging yourself and stepping into that responsibility um, would be huge. I love it. I'm so glad that you came on today. If anyone wants to follow you or learn more about your membership or the accelerator, where should they go? Um, so my website, faithashenden.com, which I'll send to you, um, or they can follow me on Instagram. I honestly like, feel like Instagram is just easier because you can DM. Yeah. Whereas like, that's my like qualm with TikTok. It's like, it's like fun, but I don't like not being able to personally connect with people. So it's kind of like, follow me on Instagram and we can talk. Um, yeah. So Instagram, we can actually DM, which is great. Um, and we have stories. So it's like a lot more personal because you can like click on things. Like I share when I have podcasts, but Ultimately, my website has everything on there, which I'll um, send to you as well, faithashenden.com. Perfect. And then if you guys want to follow her um, at That Healing Feeling, that's where I found her. And yeah, and also don't forget to follow uh, dearlive.app on Instagram and uh, download the app on the Apple App Store. I want to thank you, Faith, for being here with me today. You have been marvelous. I've learned a lot. I took a bunch of notes and I know our listeners are going to be so appreciative. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Of course.